Welcome to episode 81 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good today, man. Uh, apologize for the delays this yeah. morning. We had sitting some... here for 45 minutes waiting for you. I know, I know. I feel really bad. I know. We, we're just working through logistics on getting these products to the end user for all these bullet traps and all that. So it's it's been a little bit hectic, hectic in the shop. It's kind of funny because we always have this joke, and I apologize for everybody listening if you've kind of heard me say this before, but I always tell Ethan, my business partners, that when things slow down, that's typically when something crazy is about to happen. And, you know, August for us was a, a good, another good month, but it was slower than the previous couple months as far as complete target systems. So then when we got this order for these bullet traps it you know flipped everything up on its head we, we thought we were good you know had all this inventory built up we're ready for fall getting ready for christmas and all that stuff and all of a sudden we're building something totally different from scratch and in a pretty high quantity so there were you know definitely some process things that we changed our design we tweaked it a little bit through the process to make it a little more streamlined for fabrication and production um, and today is just a lot of logistics, figuring out how we're getting these things down there, which we already knew, you know, we already had it lined up with freight and all that stuff, but we had to figure out which of our guys we're sending down to, I believe it's in Georgia because part of our job is installing these, these bullet traps where they need to go. So lots of discussions and things happening, trying to get the logistics. I could imagine just trying to ship those things. It's not as bad as, as you would think, but it's going to be an entire truck. Yeah. You know, one each, of, each one's going to be its own, on its own skid, I guess. Right. So it's, they're not even going to be skidded up or yeah. actually their complete units going to be assembled and we'll have spreader bars between them and straps and everything. And they're going to be shipped down as a unit. So hmm. it'll, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We've definitely done freight shipments like this. I mean, we do it every, every month. We do it sometimes weekly. Um, should I come pick mine up or are you going to put one on a truck? So we we were talking about this. I just, I, yeah. what's the exchange of value here? That's what I need to figure out. I've got exposure bucks, man. Exposure bucks. Imagine, that, imagine the exposure. I can't even put a price on the amount of exposure bucks you'd be getting from me getting the bullet trap. You know, I forgot when I didn't go through business school that exposure bucks were what you needed I mean, I took a whole semester in college about exposure bucks. I mean, this is, everybody talks about Bitcoin and all that junk, but it's really. You know, I I think this is a good time to announce to the rest of the podcast that uh, Greg and I have a Forging the Journey Masterclass (laughs) called Exposure exposure Bucks. (laughs) So what it is, is you pay us $25 monthly and we'll expose you to ways to make bucks. There you go. We this will, is a joke. That's a joke. Don't we will we will happily <laughs> expose ourselves. To, uh, <laughs> it's gonna cost more than twenty five bucks. <laughs> All the exposure you could want for twenty five dollars a month. So the the real question is at this point, do we scrap this podcast <laughs> and start over? Nope. Nope. In this fact, is... I know what this podcast is called now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if we, uh, hopefully we didn't cause any car accidents uh, or anybody veering off the road listening to this, but yeah, that went <laughs> south quick. So the rule of thumb for owning a business is 
Exposure bucks. Exposure bucks. Don't worry about money. <clears throat> money is yeah, just so, money gets messy because because here's the thing: nobody can tax exposure. Right. Bucks. So you, you you don't have any income the exchange tax. rate. Is just I mean, that's actually really very complicated. I yeah, feel like it, that's does get a little complicated. Like you know, Canadian exposure bucks don't go quite as far as U.S. exposure bucks, and well, especially in the gun industry, like one exposure bucks for the United States is like 0.3 for Canada. Wow. That's that low. Man, that's very low because they have a prime, exposure bucks. prime minister that uh, likes to decree communist things. Mm. So, that's you know, you only, you get, that. it costs you like $3 for every dollar of exposure. Bucks wow. In that exposure, the, that's crazy. Yeah. So I'll just, uh, that's our, so the first masterclass is all about the exposure bucks. The second Masterclass is about forex, so like that's foreign exchange. You know, you can mm-hmm. people like to make money off of foreign exchange and stuff. Uh, I kind of think it's a scam, but you know, it's not a scam in exposure bucks because, like I said, I mean, you got to deal in the right exposure bucks. Like, I'll tell you what, if if, if you get somebody overseas to expose themselves, uh, like with your products, man, it it just opens up to a whole new world, really. So two master classes that we got to plan now. <laughs> Such a joke. so bad. Wow. This went downhill fast. <laughs> anyway, so I talked a little, bit, a little bit about what I got going on. What do, what do you have going on this week? Dude, I, f- I, feel, I feel like every week is another huge week here. It's just, it's, it, it's crazy. So, um, which I, I was talking last week about how we decided to go ahead with the new, the new shop space next to us, which is, which is going forward already purchasing things, getting stuff ready for that. Um, one of the things I purchased yesterday is a third CNC machine. Nice. I got another Haas VF2 SS on the way. Um, which it, I mean, I, I was really going back and forth because the whole, basically the reason why we're expanding over there is because they need more machine shop room. So it seems silly to move over there and not get another CNC machine. At the same time, adding something else to pay for, what what you know didn't really get me excited either. But um, I actually paid off our our first. I, I just I just paid off the balance on the first CNC machine. Um, so I feel a little better. I just there's that struggle between. Um, you know, wanting to just keep money in the bank and not pay a large sum and pay something off and also just keeping down that, there's something to me just about, um, not having that monthly overhead, uh, and, and payments going out and stuff. So it's probably six of one half dozen the other, but it just, it felt better to me to just be paying on two machines rather than, than three. But, um, but no, I'm excited. This is, this is a big step. Um, and again, like when we sat down and looked at our five and 10 year plan, when we came up with the, when we looked at our five year plan, which seemed really aggressive, um, just every step that we, that we're taking is, is putting us right on target for it. So, um, the next thing that I'm really thinking about is hiring a machinist um, I'm thinking about just getting like a entry level machinist in somebody just to keep the thing running. So I'm not to so me and Nate and 
um, aren't the ones running out there dealing with it all the time. So I actually came in last night um, to work. I got in like 8.30 to like 11 or so. I got more done in that two, two and a half hours than I probably would have in two days of, of being here. Just just because there's so many distractions here. Like not just the CNC, but there's other distractions. And I, like when I come in at night, I have to tell myself, okay, this is, if you're going to, if you're going to come in at night, you really want to leave feeling like you got a lot done. Cause it's a night you're like, you're coming in after, after hours. If you're going to be up late doing stuff, you don't want to feel like you, you wasted that time. So I feel like I do a better job at just buckling down, not getting distracted by things. Um, and there's no one else here to distract me. There's I, I don't run the machines or anything. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I got, I got a lot done last night. So I'm actually thinking about even continuing to do that. Even just one night a week, if I just come in, knock out some office work, I, I, I think it would help a lot. But um, just with the with the shop expansion coming up and another CNC machine and thinking about hiring a machinist and man, it's just, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to, to think about all, all the stuff that's going on and um and the growth that comes with it. And it's, it, it's exciting. Like it's all stuff that I, I just, I just want to do it. You know, I just want to, I want to not think, I want to not look at the financial statement of it. You know, I just want to do it just because yeah. it's, it's exciting to just do and to think about the growth that's going to come from it and the possibility that's going to come from it. I mean, just the fact that if I could get done during the day, what I got done last night, every day, I, I can't imagine where we'd be. Um, so, and that's, that's where I want to get is I want to get to the point where I've got a machinist. I've got, I've got, I've got people doing, doing the, like those day-to-day time suck things that I, that I get sucked into. If I get somebody doing those things, uh, man, just the possibilities that I'm going to have to do with, with my time is going to be amazing. And we're getting there. I mean, that's what the last couple of years between, hiring Dusty and hiring Nate. Um, no, we're, we're getting there. I'm just, I think I get impatient. I just want to get there now, but I also want to do it smart. You know, I don't want to tank the business just because I want to, or, you know, strain the business too much just because I want to grow faster than what we need to. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely feel that. And I, I need to, one of the things I need to do is, is take some time to intentionally plan out a couple big moves that we're working on. And, and some of that's new hires on our end. And I've been extremely gun shy about adding to the team the last couple months, but I'm just realizing that it's definitely time again. It's definitely an important step for us to be looking at. So today I'm, I am spending some time, intentionally writing out some job descriptions for some positions that, you know, one of them's opened up right now and we're going to be looking to fill that in the next couple of weeks. But some of them are going to be future positions that, you know, we're looking for down the road. And I, I just want to, you know, something I've learned over the last year and you and I've talked extensively about it as we've worked through different things is intentionally putting down someone's job description on paper and making sure that they know fully what they are doing. 
before they even step into the position. Um, that's just something I've been trying to become. That's so important. More and more intentional about because then, so it doesn't take much time, yeah. and it. This is the deal. So when you're starting this business and you and you're going through things, there's information you don't know. You you start hiring people and you make mistakes and you're not as clear as you could be, and and it's just this constant evolution of trying to figure out doing the right stuff. So that's what I'm doing today is just writing down these job descriptions. And then part of that job description is something that I add in there where I lay out how I measure somebody, you know, what does success look like for this position? And so I'm going to be doing a lot of that today too, as well, so that there's expectations up front of what I expect. There's no questions about what is within the left and right boundary. And hopefully, and in my experience with our most recent hires, that has actually worked out and created a much smoother transition onboarding somebody and getting them up to speed with the culture and what we do here, what we expect. And then outside of that, something I need to get a lot better at, and I was just realizing this last night, is becoming way more intentional with my time. And that's something... That's not just work. That is making sure the things that I'm doing are the things that I need to be doing and, you know, being a little better about scheduling out what tasks I want to complete each day. And yeah. I'm pretty good at that, but I say that that's so hard though. Cause, cause there's, you know, for the one CNC, machine it's like an hour and a half hour and 20 minutes between cycles i'm like i should be able to get something done in the amount of time like be able to come into my office sit at my desk for an hour and a half and knock stuff out but i'm so scatterbrained that on the 18 steps it takes to get from the cnc machine to my office i'll get distracted by two different things on the way um yep. or as soon as i sit down in my office um like it's normally me distracting dusty from doing, doing something. Um, but there's just, I don't know, like I, I get so easy distracted and, and even when I tell myself, okay, for the next, for next hour and a half, this is what I'm going to focus on. I can't even do that. And so I just need to, I, I, I got, I have to figure out how to do that. Um, and I think once we get to the new, I'm hoping once we get into the new shop space and I get my, I get my office, um, there'll be some, some less distractions there. And I'm like, I'm going to be separated a little bit more. I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the building from where everything else is happening. So um, I don't see as much traffic being up there potentially. Uh, so I don't know. You know maybe it will be better then, but. Dude, I even see it. So like, it's kind of funny. And this is where my intentional that you know why I've said that I need to make it intentional for me is because I have pretty much the most private office you could get in the shop. I'm about 50 yards away from anybody else, maybe a hundred yards. And I still have those distractions that creep in. And I've just been aware of it lately um, as I've been trying to na you know navigate what I'm supposed to be doing, what the most effective thing for me to be doing is. Um, and a lot of it that I see is I have these huge goals for content and the way that I see the company uh, where we create our exposure. 
and I can't do what I need to be doing right now on my own. And so it's, it's just navigating all of that, trying to do things that are still effective for the company, trying to keep our sales team moving forward. Cause I'm not just me anymore. It's not just me, you know, having nobody, nobody around me. I mean, we have a couple people on our sales team and a couple different employees. So I, I do have to be present in some of it, yeah. but that's what I'm working through. I don't have all the answers yet, but I do know that, that. Let me know. I get distracted. Well, it, you know, the one thing that I'll say is I go through spells in my life where I'm really good at it, where I really am focused and my energy is put into the right things. But that those times are when I've been very intentional where I've said, this is what I'm doing today. And I stick with it. It's like anything. Like if you wanted to start working out or something, most people are going to just start and quit. You know, I've been guilty of that. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. Um, and part of me thinks that because we have been on such a long or some, what feels like such a long journey sometimes is I just get worn out. And because I get worn out, it, um, it's hard for me to get, you know, back into, you know, pull my energy and, and get back into my intentional routines. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I love routine. I love routine because it brings order. It brings, it just, I love it. But for the past, well, I've been doing this full time for like three years now, past three years, I still haven't figured out how to get routine in my life <laughs> with my work. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a struggle. And it's something I like, I've, I, there's times I try more than others, uh, to get, you know, to get a hold of it, but it needs to, it needs to happen. And that's where there's job descriptions that I'm working on putting people in good positions that are very clear with what they need to be doing is allow, you know, it allows me to pull away and focus on the things that I think are most important or that I know are most important. Well, so. and here's the other good, here's another thing that I found with taking the time to, to make those job descriptions is it even helps me um, having written down the job descriptions for the other guys because it, it, just for a few reasons. One, because um, especially as we add job jobs, I still tend to go to Dusty just out of habit for things that aren't that he doesn't do anymore than Nate does, and that's something that I just need to get used, you know, get used to. But but even um, which we're which we are a super small business. We all have to wear multiple hats. We all have to kind of help help cover each other. So it's 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 not it's not out of the question to ask. You know, you know, to ask these guys to to cross over um, sometimes, but but even like I have to ask myself, you know, if there's if there's something I want to ask Nate to do, I have to ask myself, you know, does that does that fall under what what I expect him to do? And if not, is it reasonable to ask him to do that? You know, so it even helps me just having written those job descriptions for those guys to know what. Um, just what's reasonable or not. And sometimes, you know, like I said, we're, we're a small business, so we all have to have to wear multiple hats. And um, if it means, you know, if it means me saying, Hey, I know this isn't necessarily under your job description, but I, I need your help with this. Just, just saying that so that, uh, so they don't feel like I'm putting 
more on them than what they signed up for. Yep. And I, man, I just keep coming back to those responsibilities and expectations too, where it gives me when things are in writing, it's just like a contract. I mean, a lot of us, we've all done business. Even if you don't own a business, you've done some kind of a transaction or something with somebody where it was just a, a gentleman's handshake, but that doesn't always work out the way that it needs to work out. You know, the, the expectations and interpretations of somebody, you know, I could say one thing to you and say, Greg, I, I would like you to help me do certain tasks. You know, but you may interpret what I say totally different, you know, and operating on a gentleman's handshake at that point, we're both expecting different things. It's going to create a problem. And I've, I've learned that the hard way that it creates um, when there's confusion or not, no cohesion there, it, it will create problems. And I'm trying to, you know, one of my goals is I want to build a really, really cohesive team. You know, people that work really well together, that feel empowered through their position, that feel like they're doing something with their life that is extremely productive. I don't want to have positions that people go to every day and hate their job. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I feel like we have the ability to do that with a little bit different mindset with our businesses. And the only way to do that is to have these clear job descriptions. So I'll update, you know, next podcast, probably let you know how that, how that all went. And so how, how important is it to you? Cause we're, we're going to find ourselves in this situation real soon here. Um, I've been lucky to, I've never had to really interview anybody. Um, I've, I've been lucky to have just some really skilled and some really awesome people that I'm surrounded by um, that I've been able to make our current team team with. And we all gel really well. Like we have a, we have an awesome team here and we're coming up on our first hire. That's going to just be uh, just a, a job posting. And, and I take an interview. It's actually maybe having two of those coming up pretty soon here. So, you know, one of my concerns is, is getting somebody in that doesn't work well with our team and our, our team's vision and, and core beliefs. And, but those aren't necessarily, I don't know. I go back and forth on, on should, should that stuff matter as we're looking for people, you know, how much should we be looking into their, their interests and, um, and stuff, you know, uh, how does that work for you? Culture is everything. Yeah. Everything. That is the most important aspect. I can tell you that this isn't just my experience, but other people in my circle that own businesses that have way more experience hiring people, when you get a red flag about someone's cultural fit in your business, they're going to either create friction, you're going to be letting them go, or there's going to be some event at some point. Like it, you're going to come to an impasse. If they do not culturally fit who you are, they're not going to line up with your core beliefs. And if they don't line up with your core beliefs, how can they speak your company's message? And if they're not speaking your company's message, even if they're not marketing, even if they're not a face of the company, 
if they don't believe that the neomag solves a problem for people and it is a vital asset to people who want to protect other people and protect themselves it it's going to be hard to you know it's 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 going to be hard for them to jive with the team at minimum but at the worst it could create major rifts in in the company and so that's why i've been super gun shy because i want to know that the person is in fact going to fit the culture and like i don't need people on our team that are as diehard um, second amendment advocates as i am that's not necessarily where i'm going with that yeah but our beliefs in our company are based on our christian values and if somebody else has values that completely go against ours in their personal life that will cause a problem Uh, unless they can. I I mean, there's some exceptions. So like with our, with my business partner, Kirby owns another company in that parent company, they have employees that although Kirby's a Christian, they have people that are absolutely not. And and I'm not telling you to hire people that are, don't have faith or do have faith because you get into discrimination stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not, that's not what I'm going for. But what I'm saying is there are obvious signs when somebody doesn't have the same thought process, belief system, you know, core values, company culture, you can tell that they don't jive. Um, And the hardest part is measuring that measuring how somebody fits in the culture. And it really isn't a measurement. You see it occurring you know you can tell through conversation you can as you get to know the person and and that's the hardest part is you'll sit down at an interview with somebody and in an hour interview you're not going to learn that person's culture you know like it's it's going to be very difficult so i think for for me what i've been doing in these job descriptions that i've been making now is communicating our culture up front you know what I mean? Like yeah. very clearly saying, this is where we draw the line in our company. This is where we stand at our values. This is our beliefs. This is just what we are. And, you know, I, I think at least with that up front in writing and knowing what you expect from that person, it gives them a fair chance to see what they're walking into without you know, cause then you're not throwing a curveball saying, Hey, you're just not fitting. And they say, I have no idea. Like I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, so it's tough. It, it's the people dynamic for me personally in the business journey has been the absolute best experience. And at the same time, the absolute worst at times. Yeah. And, and you've, you know, I've leaned on you a lot working through stuff and other business owners as well. And I'm not alone in any way, shape or form, you know, what the experiences I've had personally in business are the same as everybody else. And the crazy thing is I have, you know, friends that have businesses with 250 employees and it doesn't stop. You're not ever going to not have any potential issues. Even if you do your part and lay out these job descriptions, lay out the expectations like you're at some point going to still have some issues that arise, but that written down paper allows me to say, Hey, look, this is what we talked about. 
and you know we agreed on this we all you know we have this in writing this is what we said you were going to do what we expected and this is where we're falling short so let's try to address it yeah that's good and, stuff yeah I, I never really thought about um it, it, like i guess i wonder what's the what's the legal stuff you can ask and stuff like that but um yeah so there's definitely or, or even but definitely some you can't right like i know there's stuff that you can't ask but it like is there anything wrong with with like you said just stating here's what our core beliefs and you know you know we're a christian company we begin our week in our meeting with prayer we you know scripture goes out with every order that we do and it just relaying that those things that we that we do here to that possible hire lets them know what you know what this is that they are look you know potentially looking to get into and they can make that that decision for themselves if they want to be a part of that or not yeah um yeah i, I guess I, I can't think of it if there's anything wrong with that um, no you're just all you're doing is communicating your values to the potential employee yeah i mean good. there's it depends on your state too so for example let's say you you hire somebody and there's a major major cultural issue you can tell there's friction there's just issues that you're experiencing you know in pennsylvania it's an at-will state for hiring and firing so that like there is no like a company has no legal justification here to let somebody go mm. we just don't have to now other states you do you have to be extremely careful and that is why I think that makes it even more important for us to be extremely vigilant with who we're bringing onto our team. Because if you're in a state that, you know, I understand where the laws probably came from. They're trying to protect workers from employ, you know, employers just firing people left and right. Sure. But what ends up happening in execution is if you're forced to keep someone on your team that is cancerous, you know, literally like some employees can be cancerous. They can yeah. infect an entire team if they are not a cultural fit. And so that's what the risk is. And, you know, if you're not, if you're in one of those states, that means you have to be extremely vigilant on who you're bringing in. And some of it is trusting my gut and the times when I have gone against my gut, when it came to people on our team or, you know, just other things, even just business decisions. I may not be able to measure my conscience, my gut feeling, but it's not usually wrong because we've done, we've built our business on ethics. Uh, it's in alignment with our moral values. And because of that, when I get that gut feeling, it's normally right. So it's just, it's, it's hard. And like I said, I have, I have business owner friends that are way ahead of me, way more intelligent. Um, they have wisdom that I haven't attained at this point. I don't have enough experience to match their wisdom and they still make these mistakes. Even, and it's not even a mistake. It's just, they still will make bad hires at times. Yeah. It's going to happen. I mean, it's hard to judge somebody completely in a, in a 30 minute interview and stuff, especially if it's, if it's like, if it's like a phone interview or something. Um, and one of the ways that I've started, I feel like I'm talking way too much. So I apologize. No, go for it. No, it's good stuff. I like it. One of the ways that I started doing this lately is there's opportunities for salespeople to bring them in as a contractor and 
lay out a basic job description with very basic functions and get a feeler for who they are. And then they're not an employee. It's, it's a contract relationship. You still have to be extremely clear right. with what's expected, but that allows you to get to know the person before you potentially hire them on. Another thing that I've done in the content creation realm is there's a couple people that I've been working with for the videos and content that have been coming out on TA and they are essentially we've been contracting with and it's to get a feeler for who they are. I get an opportunity to spend hours and hours and hours working with these people before they're even an employee. And I think anytime you can do that, that's wise if it's possible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's not, I mean, it'd be hard in your position with a, if you're looking to hire a machinist because it's like, you don't, you can't really contract that out to them. You can't really do anything other than have them being an, an employee of some sort. So yeah. it's, it's tougher, but. Well, there's, I mean, I guess when I think about at least like Dusty and Nate, my two full-time guys, I mean, Nate worked with me since almost year one, just helping build Neomax from his house. And plus I, I've, I've known him before that. And, um, you know, Dusty's story is he basically came, uh, so I just moved into our house and I was redoing what was going to be my shop. He came over to help basically didn't leave, um, until I gave him a job. So, like in both cases, like I, I kind of got to got to try out these guys before, you know, uh, before I got to hire them. So, but you don't always get that that luxury with being able to to, to try people. But um, especially as you grow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as you start needing positions and you don't really necessarily have time to, well, especially a full time job. I mean, how many, How do you ask somebody, hey, we're going to do a trial with you, <laughs> like? I, to be like, honest, I just have. That's like, just how I've done it. Really? It, yeah. It, and I think I've. I, I. I think even some of the full-time jobs I've had in the past. I think they've said you know there's, a, there's like a thirty or sixty day. I forget what they call it, but yeah, yeah I forget what a, they call it. There's a period there. Uh, not a. It's not a trial period, but it's. It's yeah. I forget the term for uh, it, but I, I know word. exactly what you're talking about. I've had that at other employee yeah, or, employers where it was a ninety day window where you had a review and you know that the reason they do that is for legal reasons. They do that so that they avoid lawsuits. If yeah. it doesn't work out and you let them go, it doesn't then. work out. Cause that's the reality that, you know, people don't realize is you have a disgruntled employee and you've let them go. They're not a good cultural fit in our day and age. In many cases that results in a lawsuit. Yeah. And it's, it's messy. It's extremely messy. And it's going to cost the company thousands and thousands of dollars. So it, these are the reasons why I'm extremely gun shy with adding to our team, even though I crave having a cohesive team. And I know that's one of my deepest desires in the company is fulfilling that and, and empowering people and, and making jobs that give people, you know, meaning within their work, um, allow them to take care of their families you know, it, it's just, it doesn't come without risk. Yeah. I, I just think the struggle with it is 
you know, with doing a trial period with somebody is you're, especially if there's somebody that's leaving another full-time job, like you're potentially asking them to not have a job in 30 to 60 days if it doesn't work out. But, but if you um, hire them full-time and you fire them, you're getting rid of their job in 30 to 60 days too. It's, right. It's hard. It's, it's hard. You know, the, the reality is if you're sitting as a business owner and you get to a, a point where you have to let somebody go, you're terminating that position, that income level for that person's gone. You know, that's not easy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. anyway. I feel like that was deep and heavy and I feel like, like no, you, good stuff. you, uh, I feel like I talked too much, but I, it's, it's all oh, we, things that we, are, we need, to our, we need to offset our exposure conversation with some actual information. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean that we need to break the ice with anything? Oh, do you think so? I don't know. I think should we? Uh, we got a we got a sandwich, some silly, serious with some silly. Face break. Oh, that's so bad. Face break. Now I know from that that little uh, intro there, everybody is assuming that Jared is a singer. He's 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 known the he's known for his voice. He's known for, his, very known for known his pipes. For my voice, yeah. He's known to be quite the showman. So, with that said, today's question is: Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music, or be forced to sing along to any song you heard? Oh man! So you could be walking. You you get to the grocery store, and R E S P E C T comes on the. No, uh, on speakers overhead as soon as you walk in the door you hear that you have to either dance or sing along out loud it's gonna be dancing for me that's an easy one dancing wow that was easy for you huh oh yeah and the re so there's a couple of reasons why so i will i will dive into this and give you my reasoning all right dive in so one i've been trying to get myself back into a more regular routine with being physically active I mean, I get on the range a lot. I get to run around, do run around with my toddlers and stuff. But so the side benefit of dancing is, you know, I'd be in good shape all the time because I'd be dancing a lot. And the other thing is there's very few things that make people really happy, like someone who can really dance. So it would become my core mission. All right. So here's the question to be able to dance really well with like, are you a good dancer or are you assuming that if you choose dance that you, it's going to make you a good dancer? I am not a good dancer. However, I know I could be because I'm good at keeping rhythm. I mean, I grew up around instruments and stuff. I know that I could be, but I am not. So I would take it upon myself to become a good dancer. Plus it's a lot quieter. Like I could just like, you can, there's different ways to dance. So like, I could just kind of like wiggle a little bit. That counts as dancing. No, it doesn't. Wiggling sure does, does not count as dancing. No. Well then I'll just have to. Wiggling is wiggling. Dancing is like. Dancing is just wiggling. moving. No. Hips are moving. Dancing is just wiggling to rhythm. It's rhythmic wiggling. <laughs> dancing is rhythmic wiggling. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. That is all it is. I don't think that is true. I don't think ask that's true Dusty. Ask Dusty. Let's pull Dusty and ask him if wiggling. So is my youngest wiggling. daughter goes to dance classes 
none of the classes are named <laughs> rhythmic wiggling classes. <laughs> I don't, oh man. Wow. So that's it. I don't care. You make fun of it. I will rhythmically wiggle. Jared, Jared's going with rhythmic wiggling anytime you hear his music option. <laughs> it's just enough that you wonder if I have like intestinal issues or if I'm actually dancing. Like, does that guy have to poop or what's going on over there? <laughs> you just see me looking at the peas in the aisle and I'm just like rhythmically wiggling. <laughs> All right. Um, so. I'm, I'm going to sing. I feel like you're going to yeah, go uh, sing. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to singing because I can sing. But I would like to. I, I would like to be a good dancer. I feel like when I get to a wedding and maybe I've had a couple cocktails, I feel like I got some moves. But really, but I'm just you trying to feel like you got moves. But what you're doing is really, I'm just trying to make wiggling. Really, I'm just trying to keep up with those around me who are good dancers. I, I try to mimic their moves, um, which sometimes I can pull off. Sometimes not so much, but uh, it, I do like your point is that it, it's quiet. So really, you know, you, you, you can walk into a Walmart and have to bust out some moves, but only the people like in near vicinity of you are going to, are going to see this, but I got to imagine a crowd's going to end up you know, <laughs> like at a wedding where there's a whole circle around you and you're like break dancing on the floor and there's people yep. around you <clears throat> and they're all dancing to, no, whatever awful music is on the is it's coming over the speakers but 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 i also think good singing brings people smile and, and, and happiness too and out, out in public so it does it does but also i could become tiktok famous you could become tiktok famous yeah that's true it'd be, it'd be amazing. but you can become tiktok famous singing too hey kind of you can yeah, I've I've seen some rappers and singers and stuff. I've I've watched no, I'll, their stuff. I'll be honest. The reason, so I, I I tried. I really, Jared. I really tried. Really tried to to get into TikTok. Man, is it hard for me to get into TikTok? It's like the whole feed is just girls dancing, <laughs> and, yeah, and and they're all dancing. The, they're all dancing the exact same moves. Uh, you know what? Before I get on the soapbox, let's close this out. And then I'm going to get on my TikTok soapbox. Hold on. This never works the second time. No, nah, it never works. Ace break. Ace break. All right, so TikTok. Here we go. Let's get on this. Uh, this is... Uh, All right, yeah. we're going to go... We had, we had, I feel we had, some We had lighthearted, pressure. we had serious, we had lighthearted. Now I'm going to get... Now I'm going to... We're going we're gonna to end this with a soapbox. TikTok is awful. It is awful. <laughs> it is so bad. And I can see why it is such a great thing for the 12 to 16 year olds, because that is all it is. It's either 12 or 16 year olds dancing all the same dances to the same music, or it's older women trying to be like them dancing the same moves to the same music. And every now and then, yes, there are some, of our of our friends from our community that have accounts on there but they don't post nearly enough to make it worth wading through hours upon hours of rhythmic wiggling 
girls. <laughs> there to, it is. To awful rhythmic wiggling. To awful pop music. And every now and then, some little trend will catch on where there's something funny, you know, like girls walking in naked, like filming their boyfriend's reactions. That's funny. But it, you have to wade through <laughs> hours and hours of teenagers rhythmically wiggling to awful pop music. I, I tried, Jared. I tried. No, I think TikTok's awful too. I really I, tried. I'm it not awful. I'm not debating it. I just, uh, I, I, there's a reason why I haven't invested a ton of time into it. Um, I think anything other than what I'm doing right now is terrible. And it's because I've been doing social media now for five years yeah. and I'm just worn out. That's all it comes down to is it's like, I think of all these new accounts and different things. It's like, yeah, I definitely would like to capitalize wherever I can. I want, you know, the one good thing about TikTok, which I have friends that are, are really into it, have hundreds of thousands of followers and are making an impact in firearms and all that is it is a different crowd. It is undeniably it, it, like it, a it, different crowd than what we're I reaching agree. right now. I agree. But I'm talking to um, Mike, who has like a half million followers on TikTok, who all only post gun stuff. I, I talk to these guys and they show me the comments. Like they're, like they're all great comments too. There's, you know, there's, there's great questions. There's, there's really not that many trolls on there. And I see that and that's what gave me hope. I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. So I go and I post some of our funniest videos and some of the, like the best shooting videos we've done that, 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 that have gone the best on Instagram and, and, and Facebook. I post them on there and the one video actually got like, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand views, but not a single, I don't know, is it likes on in there? I don't remember. Like not a single like, I think I got like two or three follows from people that we know, no comments, and I also realized that it takes a little more time than just posting a couple of things. You're not just going to blow up overnight, but everybody I've talked to is like, man, I post a video and next thing I know I refresh and I've got like 30,000 more followers. No. So they're lying. That's they're, not been my experience. But like the one that I did, I just was making fun of call of duty. It has 80,000 views and 68 comments and 3000 likes. And I've just like, I haven't posted in a long time. And it, it had me, so it has me wondering. So one of, and, and this is just me, I'm only speaking to me. One of the core missions, and we just talked about this as our marketing team yesterday, I really relayed this and made sure everybody was in agreement, all this stuff. One of the core missions of TA Targets is to cultivate culture around firearms. You know, I don't want to just say, we make cool steel targets, buy them. Well, why do you, why do we have them? Why do we want to train? Why do we, you know what I mean? I want to cultivate that culture. And so part of me wants to find these different outlets where I know I can reach new people right. because I see it as part of my mission to influence those people in a positive way and, and hopefully encourage people to exercise their rights and, and buy a firearm. And if they buy a firearm to not just be normal, to not be, you know, trained at a low standard, to become trained at a higher standard. And so TikTok is like, I look at it and I'm like, the potential is there because I see what these other guys are doing. But yeah, it's a pain in the butt. So here's my pain in the butt. Here's, here, here's kind of my, my thought with this. When Facebook started, 
you know, I'm going to go back before that. When MySpace started, it See, was... I'm too, I'm too young for MySpace. It was like young kids. And then it got taken over by adults. Face, so they all moved to Facebook. Which originally, Facebook was only for college students. Like you had to have a college email account to get in. Eventually, they opened it up to everybody. And now it's all taken over by boomers. <laughs> Pretty much now. <laughs> um, so ageist. So... Uh, Instagram, same thing. It was, it was mostly young, young people. Now, now it's all ages. I'm waiting for TikTok to age. I'm waiting for it to, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for it to to age like a fine wine. It's never going to be right now. It's an awful, awful grape juice. I'm hoping that one day it's going to become a tolerable wine and it's going to be worth drinking in. Some of TikTok. As of right now, I just want to spew it out of my mouth. You know, one of the things that I'm just writing a note down um, with social media, it's hard to determine what platform you should invest in. And the the example that I give for that is I I got messages this week from three or four people that said, Hey, we don't see TA targets over on parlor. It's like, yeah, I, yep. You're right. I'm not on parlor. I have not made an account over there. I did for Keystone carry just so I could see it. You know what I mean? Like you got to have an account to be able to see what these things are about. So it's pretty normal for me to use Keystone carry. I'll make an account on the new platform and I'll go check it out. But I've just been unimpressed. And, and part of it is because these social media platforms have developed over decades, you know, and you're expecting, you know, people expect, Oh, this is the next big one and it's going to go big. And it's like in decades, maybe. I mean, to be fair, TikTok has gone big. It's, it's the biggest, fastest growing social media and has been like, it's quadruple times over, over Instagram and stuff. It's, it's growing. It's just unfortunately growing with 12-year-old rhythmically wiggling girls. Yeah. No, I feel you. I, I really do. Maybe you get a video of Dusty rhythmically wiggling, shooting guns. And put that on TikTok. Maybe that'll... Especially if it shows a little midriff. It will uh, crash the servers. <laughs> that, that will crash TikTok. I don't know. I just... It's, it's one of those things. And I've kind of put exploring new accounts on the back burner temporarily and, and different outlets until I develop our marketing team. You know, once I have three, four, you know, people with me in my office that our sole focus is reaching new people through content, you know, we'll explore all of this stuff. We'll be able to have team meetings and, and write out a game plan for 30, 60, 90 days to do a trial run and see how things go because it, it takes a couple months. If you are doing anything, I'll use my Jeep page for an example on Instagram. I posted some photos during my diesel conversion process and they didn't do that great. You know, I had some pretty good photography. It, it didn't do great until about six months, six months into that page starts growing really quickly. And if you just keep being present and you keep putting out really good content, 
over time that page grows, but it's definitely not overnight um, no, unless yeah. you get really crappy. You have a really good idea. And then you like the trick shots for a while in the gun industry. Nobody sat down and said, Oh, this is the next uh, big thing that's about to occur. No, somebody did a trick shot and it blew up. People liked it. So there's that trend where I was getting driven crazy by all these trick shots in my feed. Now we just don't have guns in our feed. So yeah. that's what I, I see. Instagram is still a necessary thing for us. It's still, it still drives sales. It's still, it's still our best um, method of showing what's going on here and stuff like that. But it's hardly, it's, it's no longer a a growing thing. Um, I mean, we gain, I don't know, a few followers a day, sometimes 30, sometimes we, we wait a few days in a a row there where I was losing like one or two a day. Um, That's like net after gains and losses. And it's, but it's not, it's not a platform to, to get found anymore. Um, so it's still worth us putting time into because thankfully we managed to get a good following before Instagram, like really clamped down on stuff. Um, but I also have a hard, it, it, I also have a hard time. I'll put it this way. I don't put a whole lot of, of thought and energy into it anymore. It's a, uh, I, I, I think I've, I don't even, I don't even think about it until I think I made a post at like 1030 last night. Um, I just didn't even think about it. Uh, you know, I, I don't really think about social media like I used to. Um, so making content for it has almost, has kind of almost got pushed to the back burner just because I'm, I'm just making content for the same, for the same people now. Um, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm interested in looking at, at some other social media stuff just to try to expand and get found and and like you said like educate uh you know people outside of the industry and so it's 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 kind of tough right now like you know thankfully facebook and instagram are still are still worth putting time and making content for but it's not it's not my driving uh it's not driving me like I used to. We are putting more stuff on YouTube now with our, uh, like with our target boxes that we started making. It, that gave us a big boost of of content to make. You know, so we're able to weekly now. We're putting out a, a, a new drill video. It's called a shoot your package <laughs> uh, drill video, um, and it's just like a it's it's like a three to five minute video that we're putting out every week of just here's something else you can do on on the range, but at some point those are going to become dry too. So I'm already, I'm already trying to think of ways to kind of spice that up and, uh, and to make those a little more, a little more entertaining. Like they're more informational now than they are entertaining. So I'm trying to think how to, um, you know, how that's going to grow and eventually, uh, because I, I, there's, there's a good start there. I think, it's going to need something a little bit more to, to really grow. 
that's the the struggle. That's trying to figure it all out, man. Yeah. As much as like, I really want to hire a full time media person to make content and to and and do this stuff, but part of me is just like, there's not there's not a great place to do that anymore. I think I mean YouTube is great, but um, and, and there's millions of followers on there and I'm not even worried about the money to be made on, uh, on YouTube, you know, from like actual video views and stuff like that. But, um, it's just so hard to grow a YouTube page. I even talked to, you know, like our, our friends like Talon and stuff and they're like, yeah, good luck starting a YouTube uh, channel now and trying to get it to grow. You know, like, unless you're really doing something extremely unique, that's extremely entertaining. Uh, the chances of, of like blowing up a YouTube channel are getting, getting harder and harder to do. And it all depends what you're doing. Cause like yeah. I use that, I use that G page. So like I have big plans for that page and it's going, and people will learn more as we, uh, as we move forward. But within our company, there's a lot of plans that are going on right now. Ethan and I were just talking about it this morning. Instagram is not dead and YouTube is absolutely not dead depending on what you're doing. You know, when you get to firearms, it does get very complicated with Instagram. It's very hard to break out of it. If you're doing stuff in non-regulated industries, it's the same as it used to be, you know, back, you remember back in 2016, 2017, how Instagram was for the gun world. That's how it is currently with the off-road community with the camping community, with the hiking community, you know, you get to show up in feeds and you can be found. Um, YouTube is the same way. I have many friends in the off-road community. Now, one of them started his page about 12 to maybe 14 months ago. He's at 125,000 subscribers yeah. in a year. Um, so like it's definitely possible, but it requires you to be doing something totally unique at a level and and this is where hiring people for that media for me is so important a good example is my youtube it's at 13,000 subscribers right now and i only post once a month once every month and a half but it's at a quality level that's extremely high and i get that comment all the time production quality production quality and then the entertainment like you talked about so it's like you have to in my experience, you almost have to like invest more than you'd want to in that high end quality, which takes work and people before you start to see that return. But that's the hard part yeah. is gauging. And every company is different. Like I, because I see TA as more than just a product manufacturer, I see it as a media manufacturing company too. Um, I view things differently than a lot of people, but yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I think at some point, um, and we have talked about this in the past of, of trying to create content outside of the gun industry, but use it as a, as a means to point people to, to your company. But the problem with that means is it, the problem is that is, is now that means that I'm doing something, you know, like, you know, you know say Jeep stuff. Sure. I love my Jeep and I love to go off-roading all the time. Um, but the amount of time that it would take to do that, that has nothing to do with me running my business. I, I, I don't have the time to become like a explorer, jeeper, off-roader. It's just, it's not in the cards. So 
Um, well, that's why you have me and I will experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and if I find something that works, you know, I will talk about it. Yeah, exactly. It may not be super public, but it will be definitely, I will fill you in. All right, bud. Well, we need to get to work. This is, this is a fun podcast. We had some silliness and some seriousness and some more silly, some more silly and then some more seriousness. And I even got on a soapbox. I don't think I've gotten a soapbox on a podcast in a while. I like yelling. I need to yell. You know what? It's a good time to wrap up because I got some rhythmic wiggling to do. Oh gosh. Rhythmic wiggling. That's the name of the podcast. But I thought it was going to be exposure box. Well, I was going to do something like how to rhythmically, how to rhythmically wiggle for exposure box. That's too long. It's got to be. Yes. It's either going to be something about exposure or rhythmic wiggling. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Definitely shoot us some messages on our company accounts. We've talked about that every podcast. You know, let us know what you liked from the podcast. Let us know what you're, you know, what kind of topics you'd want us to go and cover. And we just appreciate you guys listening. I want to give a shout out to Matt. We have one person really that uh, that will message us on the Ford Dinner Journey Instagram account. So. Matt, I know you're listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your uh, for your messages. Yeah, we love you. All right, guys. All right, catch you guys all. Have a good week. See you. Later.